Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lasso Podcast. I am Mike, one of your hosts, and I am here, as always, joined by my co-host, Maya. Hello. So, this episode, we will be going through Wonder Woman Rebirth issue number 30, which was the finale of the Heart of the Amazon arc. And once we wrap up this uh, going through the issue, we will give sort of our retrospective on the arc as a whole and uh, sort of what we liked from it and where we think it will be going forward. I need to tell you how long it took you to remember the word retrospective. <laughs> it's like, what? We're, we're going to be doing yeah. something with the whole arc. It's, it's, um, it's a, no, not a recap. Um, I'm a, or not a review, really. <laughs> it's like, right, retrospective. <laughs> Words are hard, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll dig in right now. So. The issue starts off with Diana, I mean, excuse me, starts off with Etta and Steve talking at the picket about uh, where we left off last issue, where Diana went off on her own to find the uh, Hamilton Revere, who was the guy who was trying to locate Diana by sending those bounty hunters after her. So at the end of issue 29, she went off to meet him and she didn't really realize the full scope of what was going on when she walked in and saw a bunch of soldiers. They're the government. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Etta and Steve here are talking about this uh, Revere guy trying to figure out what he is and what his sort of uh, motivations are, trying to figure out what he's a part of. They're sort of deducing that he's a part of the government, but they don't know exactly what it is. Uh, Edis thinks it's the National Institute of Health based off of the sort of gene therapy and uh, medical things that he's been doing, but Steve figures out that he is actually working with the Department because of Defense. of course he so is. That, <laughs> yes, he's trying Great to... Great super soldiers. <laughs> yes, which I remember I messaged you after I finished reading the issue, and I was like, I all I can think of is Warbringer. <laughs> it's insane how the issues tied together so well, where... It's all about creating super soldiers made out of Diana. Yep, it's like, well, we'll get into that after, but yeah, it's very, it's a very similar storyline, which, and it's interesting to see how, how they, um, how they differ and when they're trying, when they're telling a very similar story. Yeah, definitely. And it's easy to see the differences between sort of the two mediums of obviously a novel is different than a comic but <laughs> so diana gets to the revere labs and she sees there's a bunch of sh soldiers there all ready to greet her and like excited to greet her They're like you know i didn't realize women could be superheroes until you it's all i ever wanted was to help people but then she realizes they've all been drugged with her blood or not drugged enhanced mm -hmm. doped up <laughs> so kind of yeah, drugged, exactly. but 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's like, wait, I thought you were uh, trying to make cure, not create soldiers. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're so naive, Diana. And he sort of, she tries to get him to talk about why he came after her the way she, the way he did, because she, obviously she would have, if he went with, you know, regular means of just talking to her, he, she would have, you know, went with him and figured out what he was trying to do and what he wanted from her. And then he's mentioned that, that he used the bounty hunters and that whole thing as a diversion because that getting the word out would the then uh sort of well he he wanted diana to be alone and like wanted her to have a reason for leaving that was more than just going to his lab (laughs) because like Mm-hmm. If yeah, Steve, exa- Stevenetta would be like, oh, yeah, she's dealing with the assassin thing. And then, obviously, that leads into now Diana realizing what he sort of wants to do because he mentions, uh, like, her fight with uh, Dr. Crawford and trying to figure out why... Uh, like the reasons why he would want her to come alone because people would then uh, figure out why she was missing and they would sort of they wouldn't assume that it was he who came after her that's sort of why he uh, used the diversion Diana is being (laughs) she's obviously defiant towards uh, what he wants to do because one of the soldiers there says that or she comes out and says that Diana, like, she's talking about Diana and saying she didn't know that you uh, gave us her blood. And he sort of is, uh, Revere is, he tells her to stand down. And this is when Diana, you know, she yells out and she's defying him and saying that she's not going to be part of this because she, everything that he has been doing has been, uh, Deception, right. pretty well, much. Well, she was like, she knew that they had her blood, but they thought that Diana had willingly given her blood to the project. Exactly, yes. Yeah. He's been sort of yeah. playing both sides, essentially. And, but Diana's like, no, we, we're not doing this. This is, like, this is a bad idea. My blood is not a weapon for humans to use. So, yeah, she has a... She, she goes on to essentially try to uh, tell the... Dr. Revere, uh, she pretty much just tells him off and says, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna use me this way, while he's saying that this is what made Diana is a blessing from the patrons, and that she can be, what she what she has within her can be used to help uh, so many other people, and sort of insinuating that she is being selfish in not using uh, what she has to benefit others when Diana knows that obviously that she would if she could, but the way that he wants to do it by engineering soldiers stands against everything right. that he's she stands for. he's doing that mansplaining for. thing where he's like, you don't know what you can do, but I know, and... I know, like, the best way to stop these wars, and you just, you just don't understand, you silly girl. You're just... It, it's it's really annoying. <laughs> but Diana knows who she is, <laughs> yep. and she knows yeah. what 
what her blood is. <laughs> she knows that the gods didn't give the, her this gift for humans to use. We get a fight, finally, uh, after all the talking, which was not going to get anybody anywhere. Um, the soldiers uh, go into go into attack mode after he tells after uh, Revere tells them to stop her from getting away, and then we get to the part where Diana is essentially fighting against all of the soldiers who are physically enhanced, and we can see that she's uh, sort of struggling against them because they're <laughs> they're part of they have part of her in them, which is exactly uh what her fight against uh dr crawford was like so it's sort of a shades to that where earlier in the arc we see diana trying to fight against right something that's herself crawford wasn't a trained soldier so they also have their backgrounds going into this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a little different where they're able to use their military training and everything to try to uh get diana under control but the, a lot of them are saying, like, even as they're fighting her, they're pleading to her that, you know, they want to work with her to, uh, they're try they want her to help them and things like that. But obviously she doesn't want anything to do with that. And then the, she ends up, uh, trying to break free. Uh, one of the guys has her arms uh, locked behind her and she breaks free of his hold and she attacks the rest of the soldiers trying to incapacitate them you know she's not trying to kill them obviously she's just trying to get the situation under control and then they manage to kind of subdue her a little bit and but luckily she's got friends yes yeah this is one of my favorite parts where uh after one of the panels is shown that they are trying, they essentially have Diana under their grasps. We get next uh, a point of view from where we returned to Etta and Steve, who figured out where the location of where the Revere compound was. So they are trying to, uh, they're going to get into the action and right. help save Diana. So naturally, uh, Etta comes up with a grenade and... Etta, where the hell did you get that? Oh, I pulled it off one of those thugs. <laughs> uh, I loved that. I love her in this whole arc. so good. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, oh my gosh, like that yeah. panel where she's yeah. throwing the grenade is just... Oh, I love Etta so much. So good, yeah. <laughs> and like the look of surprise on Steve's face, like yeah. his his eyebrows are like all shot up, and his like eyes are open wide. Oh, it's oh so good. Steve. <laughs> so next, once after they, uh, Etta and Steve are shown breaking into the compound, we return to the inside of the compound with Diana and uh, Revere Hamilton here, and the he is trying to talk Diana, talk to Diana and tell her about, you know, what he needs her blood for because they have her, have her uh, strapped into a chair and he's going over to her with a little IV. Right, and he's like, you're essentially just an endless battery. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he says like that easily if all they took was like uh, two liters, that would be enough to um, with her healing factor, she would uh, she'd never really uh, she'd never run out like you said with like uh, she was like a battery she wouldn't um, the losing that little amount of blood to uh, to uh, Hamilton wouldn't really uh, make too much of a dent in her abilities and powers but then obviously we have Diane uh, excuse me we have Etta and Steve uh, kicking the door in, literally. <laughs> and uh, um, they're busting in, trying to get Diana from Hamilton, and he's then orders his soldiers to attack them, obviously. But uh, we then see Diana breaks free of the chair that she was strapped into, and she goes and attacks the... Yep. Um, attacks Hamilton, and she has this awesome line where she is after his sort of diatribe of telling her like you said her man his mansplaining of who she is and what he's going to do with her she has this awesome line of where she says i understand my value oh i love it like uh so like good. i love that nod to agent carter the i know my value uh like yeah i was just gonna just, say <laughs> you can't it's not something that can be assigned by some dude like Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's only, I mean, in most uh, most senses of the word, you are the, either you're, whether you're a superhero in a comic book or you're a real life person, right. you're the only one who determines your value. You can't let, nobody else can dictate yeah. that to and you. She's like, look, I don't know what you said to all of these soldiers, but you're wrong and this needs to end. Because the the soldiers really believe that it's the right thing to be taking Diana's blood and being super. Like, that's the only way. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's a little at odds with how they were at the very beginning. Where, when they were greeting her. Yeah, when they were... Yeah, they were, like, so happy she was there and everything. But I think they their minds got changed right. well and also her blood kind of like it puts it puts that war um war instinct in them like we saw with crawford so that's probably part of it too mm-hmm. it's like the more yeah. the more and the longer it's there the less mm-hmm. control of themselves they have so even though they may have started just truly wanting to make a difference it becomes about wanting the power diana breaks free takes care of hamilton for the time being uh, she is fighting against one of the soldiers, and uh, Diana elbows her in the face, and the soldier, you know, she realizes that she is bleeding, and it's sort of like a blow to their um, uh, self-esteem of the aspect of them having, like, the powers where they... They're not indestructible. <laughs> Yeah, Diana yeah. is still better than them, and no matter what, really. Etta creates a nice so. diversion by destroying some chemicals and shooting out some gas. Yeah, so they start a, start a uh, fire, uh, which leads to an explosion, because uh, you could, we see in one of the panels that there's a little uh, dialogue box where they're trying to say, yeah. there's got to be something flammable in this lab. So clearly, that's when... Uh, Etta jumps into the action. She 
shoots at one of like the pipes up in the ceiling to let out some. As someone who works in a lab, there's always something flammable in the lab. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You definitely have the experience there, where you could uh, you could vouch that this uh, this part in the issue. Look, was, I'm uh, terrible about labeling my jars <laughs> and putting all the flammables under the hood, so I understand there's definitely something flammable, like just sitting around on the bench tops. <laughs> but they manage to get out. <laughs> yeah, they get out, and the uh, soldiers uh, they are the soldiers still in pursuit fly. of Diana. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we see that they obviously got their uh, Diana's powers of flight. I was like, what the heck? We didn't uh, see Crawford fly. Uh, (laughs) I wasn't quite expecting that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it sort of came out of nowhere, really. Uh, And they're sort of... She leads him out to looks like a little field across the street from the uh, compound where they were. And the soldiers all converge on Diana when she lands on the ground. That's exactly what Diana wanted. Mm -hmm. It is the uh, moment that happens in uh, every good Wonder Woman comic when the lasso of truth comes in and we get to the bottom of the the truth of the matter as you could say. And (laughs) the same way with Crawford the lasso can tell the truth in their blood and they know that the end it unravels it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually, uh, through the issue, it's uh, in the uh, narrative boxes, not uh, dialogue boxes, but it says that, uh, but in perfected cells could not stand against the perfect. So that's how we see that the the lasso burns through the uh, burns through the lies of the soldiers and their supposed perfected cells, which I'm saying perfected in quotations because right. that's how it's uh, written and in the as that's doing, as that's happening, Diana's coming to realizations about herself and who she can trust, which it's not the patrons and it's not the government, but it's herself and Stevenetta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that little aside. Yeah. Like, it's one of the panels, uh, one of the dialogue, like it's an inner dialogue box where she says, after the narration says, I cannot trust the government and I can only trust myself. And then the next panel says, and Steven, they can help shoulder the burdens of the life I choose. That truth is evident. Right? Like the whole arc, she's been like, oh no, I got to protect them. And now she's finally realizing that no, they are there. They have chosen to be there just as she has chosen her life. And they can help her, and she can trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she. Yeah, the obviously it takes something huge, like uh, getting her di- DNA stolen, and then having to uh, take on all these people and introducing the lasso into the uh, foray for her to realize, obviously that uh, Etta and Steve are capable on their own, and that she can. Uh, she can lend uh, they can lend her her a shoulder to help out the burden that she feels and so one of the soldiers is very apologetic Mm -hmm. yeah she sort of out of all the other ones uh, seems to be the one that really is uh, the 
the ramifications of what happened is sort of uh, weighing on her more heavily than the other ones, and she actually seeks out Diana after they are sort of free from the spell that they've been trapped under with the uh, with the fake uh, well, fake DNA. Right. <laughs> and she's like, "You can save the world, but not as a super soldier, and not as Wonder Woman, but as yourself." I hope we see her again. <laughs> yeah, I think I like um, in on the one of the next page with that soldier who uh, Amelia Diana was talking to <laughs> and said that you know your power, Amelia Medina. Yep, uh, your power is within yourself. You can, if you want to, you know, help people and be a force for good. You can do it on your own. You don't need to be like Diana said, uh, a super soldier or Wonder Woman. And we see um, down in one of the panels, uh, she is talking to Etta, and Etta's saying, oh, we, uh, we should probably get you out of here before the cops show up. And Amelia says, it's Commander Candy, right? And then Etta goes, I yeah, but it. you can call me But also, Etta. let's not forget, this is after Etta's, Steve's like, uh, we should probably get the samples so that... No one can do this again. And I'm just like, well, why don't we just blow the, blow the place up? And she pulls out another grenade, and Steve's like, wait, <laughs> what? Again? <laughs> yeah. It's completely perfect. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> Etta is just, like, completely badass with pulling out grenades, blowing up uh, compounds. Uh, it's so good. And I love the panel of her when she pulls the grenade out and like she's pulling the pin out with her uh, with her mouth and like you can see the sneer on her uh, sneer on her lips when oh, she's I know. like that is pulling like out the pin in the grenade. Oh, goals. So <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> and then, again, like this whole page is just like Etta for MVP. And um, she, like uh, uh, Hamilton is talking about uh, D- uh, Diana and how she has the chance to stop wars, and but she's not willing to make the sacrifice and things like that. And then uh, Etta comes in, and you can see that she has a gun pointed to his head, and she's like, "Are you an organ donor, Mr. <laughs> Revere? Because you say another word." <laughs> you would be making a sacrifice that would help lots of people. You could save lives, sir. So it's obviously she's giving the implication right. that she would just shoot him and <laughs> they could just like, take the okay. take the Diana doesn't have, is not the only one who uh, has DNA that can save lives. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so once uh, that is wrapped up after the compound gets blown up, uh, the police and the fire and the ambulance come to the scene and they take uh, Hamilton into custody and we see that he is going he's getting escorted into a police car but uh, they get um, intercepted by these two people dressed up as EMTs from one of the ambulances there and they take him under the control and it's revealed that they are two of the soldiers and they uh, are going to be giving him orders to turn them back to normal. Yep. So. Well, not normal. They want to be back to so- super soldiers. 
Yeah, because they're already back to normal. Was that they it? they want to be super soldiers again. Yeah. They're like, you gave us this taste, and oh, you're going right. to give it back. Yes. That's right, yeah. because Diana turned them back into normal. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, wow. I just, yeah, I read that wrong. All right. <laughs> there we go. That's why it's good to get other, uh, other points of view here. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> they're over on the Virginia... Um, Steve, Etta, Diana, and Destiny? Is that... Yeah, are over at Etta's, and Steve is, you know, baking the girls' cookies while they're <laughs> sitting around. Yeah, I love the uh, part where uh, Destiny is on the couch with Etta, and she's like, um, I wish <laughs> yeah. your tummy would never get better so you didn't have to go back to work. <laughs> so then this in Steve comes over and says that uh, director Bordeaux gave another call and uh, they need Diana is needed her services are needed for something uh, uh, right no excuse me Steve says that she called but he told her that she should wait and Diana would give her a call back because well, she they said could use some R&R &R right now. She shouldn't wait for Diana to call back, <laughs> meaning uh, just, like, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Diana's mm -hmm. doing her own thing now, right now. Yeah, yeah, so Diana does say that she's going to, she says she has to get going, and Steve asks her if it's uh, league business, but she just says that she wanted to, she just has some things that she wanted to take care of, and... We end the issue with her flying off, uh, get some sort of uh, monologues of Diana saying how she is strong, she's a warrior, she's an Amazon, she's a woman of hope and peace, and she is free. And then I love the part at the end where uh, <laughs> we see Etta yelling as Diana's flying away. She says, go kick, go kick some ass for me, Di. And then, uh, well, and De Destiny's like, Aunt Etta, <laughs> naughty! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you swear? <laughs> so, that uh, is issue number 30. That was. That was a lot. That was a lot. So, what, yeah, what'd you think of it? I think I probably liked this issue the uh, most out of, out of the arc. I don't know if it was just because we got so many answers to things or just the uh sort of uh overall uh theme of this issue being the uh being the truth that is evident in uh in the individual you know right like because it's everything that's been building up for so it's a very satisfying ending to the arc mm-hmm yeah where I mean, like it's a, it's a little like you know cheesy, cheery, but that's kind of what to be expected. And it's, um, yeah. and it's yeah, exactly. So like even though it is, it is like oh you know the the heart is yourself, and you know you trust yourself. Like it still works because you're like this is what I want to see. Like I want Diana to trust in herself and not be doubting like she was at the beginning of the arc. Mm -hmm. Where she was like, "Oh, I have to be alone. I can't. I can't do this with people." And she's like, "No, I can. I can trust me, and I can trust my friends." And that's that's the like, that's her core. 
is trust, obviously, when she sends the lasso as her weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the sort of the uh, overall, uh, I guess you could say, message of this arc was that it was Diana being able to learn that she can have these, uh, this trust in others while still um, having this belief in herself and strength within herself, but it's sort of uh, the lesson of learning that both of them put together is greater than having, you know, one or the other, you know? Right, and like her trust in herself had been shaken over the previous volumes of Rebirth Mm -hmm. where like, you know, she's realizing everything's a lie and, you know, going through all this trauma and going through all of these um, missions for a government that she's not sure she can is, uh, has the right has the best intentions yeah, exactly, and so like it's good that she had this time to explore herself uh, well and you know kind of recenter herself after all of that mm-hmm. yeah it was definitely a uh, a good arc to follow up that uh, that story of we, that we have from the first uh, I mean I think it's four volumes of the rebirth um, so this is a, definitely a good arc to follow up those where uh, we get sort of Diana's uh, building back up of her her uh, belief in herself and trust in others. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I mean, I really like this issue. I really liked. I kind of wish that it had been a little harder for her to like kind of come to these realizations because it kind of happened. It all happens very fast. Mm-hmm. Where she's like. Oh, I doubting myself. Oh, now I trust myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's like she doesn't actually work through all of the reasons that she was doubting herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's just like, oh, I acknowledge that these are here and now they're gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or now now that now I'm now that I know they're here, it's fine, which is not quite how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, part of it is that throughout the arc in each issue there are so many different like things that happen in each issue like if you went through each issue there would be like three or four huge things that are taking into sort of why the uh why it happened so quickly where the in two of the issues these bounty hunters come in and then there's a fight and then Steve and Etta come in and they figure out and they are trying to help Diana figure out what uh, what this bounty is for uh, in the first issue we have the Diana and Steve off at the refugee camp and then on, like suddenly she's back in America and then uh, the wedding gets bombed and then uh, she fights Dr. Crawford like there's so many things that it didn't really allow for the um, like you said that it sort of just happened so quickly where Diana was like okay I don't know if I can trust myself with uh, you know my friend's safety and what I'm causing and then 
she's just like, okay, yeah, now I can <laughs> trust myself and I can trust my friends. Like, there was just so many things that happened that sort of uh, sped it all up, really. Yeah, I think... I wish there'd just been, like, a little time jump or something where she had time down, mm-hmm. or downtime, and, like, just... It didn't even have to be that long on the page, just... Oh, yeah. Just something... Just something where you know that she's processing mm-hmm. everything that's happened. And, like, because, like, she's still... I mean, at the beginning of the arc, they're talking about how, oh, she's been constantly going on missions, and she's supposed to be having downtime, but she doesn't really have any downtime, because the only downtime she had was when Edda was too hurt to move. <laughs> yeah, and she was taking care of her. Which... That's not exactly relaxing Ward Town. Yeah, yeah it's sort of yeah. like the whole story arc seems like it takes place in a matter of days, you know? When yep. you could have broken the broken it up if maybe while she was taking care of Etta, like a week or two happened, you know? And it gives her time to think on things and reflect on her her effect on herself and her effect on her friends and things like that and then we get you know the rest of the action from the like the last three issues of the arc yeah like I mean I really I really enjoyed the arc I thought the art was beautiful I love the writing I love 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 how Edda was portrayed mm-hmm. I just just it just needed a little room to breathe it kind of reminds me of um, The Force Awakens yeah you know how like i mean Mm -hmm. i I love everything that happened it's just it all happened in such a compact way that you you want just a little bit of time for everyone to be able to take a breath Mm -hmm. and yeah i agree yeah yeah it's the same thing with um uh sort of the uh, uh events in the wonder woman film too where especially in the uh, latter half, especially the the last third of the film, everything happens uh, in just complete rapid succession, and there's no real uh, time for the characters to have their uh, space to breathe, really. But right, and it's such a contrast from the beginning of the film, where like you know they have time, where like even if it doesn't take that much time in the film, like you know that Steve and Diana were on the boat together, and Steve, Steve and Diana, or and then they were they were in London, and mm-hmm. it's just like even though it wasn't that much time in film time, you could tell oh, that yeah. time had passed. Yeah, time had passed in the the universe of the action being happening. Right. Which I I know it's hard to balance, but yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the trickiest things of telling a story is trying to manage the uh, the time within the narrative itself, which obviously see this is why I write short stories, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, this is why I'm like I write short stories and I write middle grade books. I like whatever. <laughs> yeah, the fanfic I write is mostly travels <laughs> because yeah. I don't want to deal with any time or spacing, anything like that. It's just character moments and that's it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, overall, I think we would definitely recommend picking up this arc. Uh, if you wanted to, you can, now that the last issue is out, you can go online or go to the comic shop and just get the 
get all five individual issues and read them one at a time uh, together. Or, or you can wait for the trade to come out with all of them. Trade to come out. I believe uh, volume four should be coming out sometime around either December or January, probably between that sort of uh, New Year period, so I wouldn't put this coming out until uh, sometime early next spring would probably be my guess, just based off the way sort of the um, the timing that uh, collected editions are released. Yeah, it looks like Volume 4 is um, November. November, okay. So that's actually pretty uh, sooner than I anticipated, but that's also good because that will give us a, another uh, issue to read. Uh, another uh, episode to do, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so I think we will definitely come back to Heart of the Amazon when Volume 5 is released and do another retrospective mm-hmm. because it'll be interesting to read it after, like, after time has passed and as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it's always really interesting if you go and read volumes after you have read what has come after those. So, like, volume three is was um, the collected edition that came out uh, most recently, and that is still collecting part of the uh, first uh, sort of first half of the um, Rebirth storyline so it's interesting to go back and read that after getting to the end of that first uh, storyline that went up to issue 25 and now reading this arc so it's really um, you get so many new perspectives on reading what has happened beforehand after reading what is current. Absolutely. Because, uh, so, volume one was the lies, and volume three is the truth. So, it kind of neatly mm-hmm. ties back into volume one. Yep. And it, especially with the, uh, it being, volume three being the truth, it's sort of obviously already seeing connections with the uh, story arc that we just finished with the truth in issue number 30 so yep which we will be doing so volume I, three soon i believe yes in uh next coming uh next couple episodes uh once i finish uh, transcribing that <laughs> yeah. and doing the uh notes for that volume i will be getting a uh episode out for that uh, this one is actually the volume three has more issues in it than volumes one and two had. So not uh, combined, but it has, I think either six or seven issues in it while the first uh, two volumes only had, I think five a piece. So there's a little bit more to go through. In the meantime, uh, Wonder Woman 31 is out today as we're recording, uh, which is the beginning of the new arc, Children of the Gods. Which we, uh, I will say I'm cautiously, very cautiously optimistic of what is going to happen here. I'm... I don't think it's going to be terrible, but I don't think it's going to be interesting, and I don't think it's going to be anything new. Like, they've already done a Wonder Mm -hmm. Woman has a brother arc. Like, I don't know why we're revisiting it. And... mm -hmm. And, like, in the current uh, Justice League 
series, the Justice League is dealing with like some Mr. Oz. Like, uh, like multiverse, um, multiverse uh, versions of the Justice League's children, and Diana has like a son, and it's like just rehashing all these ideas of giving Diana some sort of male counterpart that is uh, tied to her that it isn't Steve where they're related to Which her is, is what I yeah, <laughs> what like, I mean whatever she has sisters she has yeah. she has her, the Amazon she has her friends I hate this need to like give her a man to balance her out in her family like she doesn't Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. really an important thing to me. Yeah, me, me either. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like like I don't I don't yeah, think it'll be there's, bad. There's really... I just think it'll be boring, and no. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. but I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, there's. If we want to see, if you want to read about somebody like Diana who uh, has sort of uh, powers like her and can do things like her, that's uh, what Superman's for. <laughs> Yeah, uh. yeah. Superman's also boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, his, his stories. I yeah. mean, okay. Actually, I, yeah. I don't really know podcast. much about Superman, but he was always the most boring to me. Like in the shows and stuff, I was like, he's very, he's very sweet <laughs> and very earnest, and I'm. That's why they call him the. Um, that's why they call him the Boy yeah. Scout. He's just, he's not my type of so. character, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll see how the story plays out, and we have tons more Wonder Woman coverage coming. That is our review of issue number 30 and our retrospective on the Heart of the Amazon arc. So, you listeners obviously can find us on Twitter. We are under at the Lasso Pod. Uh, we are part of the Not Saf for Work podcast network, which you can find on Twitter also at NSFW Podcasts. Uh, we actually have a brand new show on the network, which is... Yes, Sapphic Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lynn and Natalie. Which I'm super excited yeah, about. Yeah, they are. I listened to their episode this week, and they are... It's a really fun show. If you... If you wanna, if you're into Star Wars and you like to get a fresh perspective on things from a point of view that obviously not everybody has, definitely check out uh, Sapphic Skywalk. They uh, they are really uh, yeah really fun to listen to, and um, we're. Uh, more than glad to have them on the network now to expand our um, expand our uh, outreach of the wide variety of shows that we already have. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, plus, I mean, like a lot of us came to this network from Star Wars fandom, mm-hmm. and now there's finally a Star Wars podcast on the network. Exactly. Yeah, like you, me, Saf. Amelia, like everybody is like we're all doing like other Star Wars stuff and now we're all on the network and we're like, yeah, we also have all these other things we want to do and Saf is like, yeah, go do it. <laughs> so that's why we're here. Right. <laughs> uh, so um, Maya, why don't we let the listeners know where they can find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Semi Rose, and you can find me on my blog, Firebee Fights. And if this is released before Saturday or Sunday, you can find me at GeekGirlCon. <laughs> yes, uh, we mentioned that last uh, episode, and we'll mention it again if prior to this upcoming Saturday as we're recording this. Uh, Mile will be over in GeekCon in Seattle, which I will be also in Seattle. Not this weekend. Uh, I will be going to Seattle in, next year for Emerald City, Co- Emerald City Comic Con. Hey, I might come too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> just apply for some press passes. You know, it's uh, no big deal there. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, we can find me uh, online on Twitter, Mike underscore Odette, uh, usual places. I also write for Coffee with Kenobi and do a lot of the behind the scenes work for Far Far Away Radio. So, with that being said, I think this will do it for our episode here, and we will see you on the next one.